0: Hi, I'm Yannick Gwizdala, and you are listening to the Yannick Gwizdala Podcast. I am so proud to be able to call today's podcast guest my very good friend, uh, a musical colleague, and someone I have spent a lot of time over the past 20 years making music with that's touring and recording and all kinds of things. Just an unbelievably great human being and musician that I learned a lot from from really early on in my career. I think the most fortunate thing about meeting Celso, and I am talking about Celso Alberti, the great Brazilian drama. I think the greatest thing about meeting Celso was the fact that I did it so early on in my career and was able to learn from him just so many great life lessons and musical lessons, of course, and and the whole band. I, I met him in the context of playing with Jose Neto and the Neto band with Frank Martin and Celso Alberti and Jose Neto. Great, great, fun band to play in real cross between Brazilian and rock music but we get to all of that in the interview so I will now stop waffling I will remind you if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher to please rate and review the podcast if you dig what you're hearing it really helps me to continue to produce great free content like this for you guys so don't forget to rate and review on iTunes and Stitcher and this is my interview with the great Celso Alberti Okay, so we're in Oakland. We're in Oakland,
1: California. I'm here with Celso. It's great to have you here, man. man. It was a surprise. It's the <laughs>
0: last minute call. The last know? minute call. So good. And like we talked like maybe a month ago on the phone. That's right.
1: I call you. It was you like, call me. Yeah. You had found
0: a recording of something. Uh, exactly.
1: Of us. Of us playing with, with the Steve Winwood and exa- Neto. Exactly. In in, in Guiting Power. Gaitin Power UK. <laughs> Which did we figure out what year it was? Was
0: it 1998 or 97? Yeah, it was close to that. Because something like after, that. Yeah, Nine, 18,
1: 19 years ago or something, right? Yeah, it was because we went there in 2001. We were at the Cheltenham Jazz Festival. Oh yeah, already you had upgraded at that point. Oh. So this was
0: the this was the prelim, this was the yeah. laying the groundwork, driving in the van
1: type stuff. Uh, well, we always <laughs> drive in the van anyways, you know. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So so it, actually, I found it um, somewhere. I was, actually, this is funny because I was cleaning up my Dropbox. Uh-huh. And uh, I found this folder, it was a shared folder from John Davis. Oh, yeah. and um, The legendary with, yeah, John Davis. Yeah, <laughs> a great uh, drummer friend of ours, uh, lived in, in Guiding Power. And, and, um, and, I said, and then I started listening to it. And I've, well, first I, I thought it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't remember what it was. You right. know? And, and then and, and I said, well, this is probably the Netto band. But then I heard the bass. And I was like, well, I, I only know one guy that can play like that. <laughs> <laughs> and that must be Yannick, you know? <laughs> and then, you know, at the end of the credits, and uh, to come up and say, yeah, Yannick base on the I was like, man, I got to call this guy, <laughs> you know? And uh, so that's why, yeah, that's that how was, we reconnect a month ago. Yeah? That was
0: like a hugely educational part of my life, yeah. man, meeting you guys and being around that scene that's why i'm so excited to talk to you on the podcast and like share that with other people because sure. it's like i can talk until i'm blue in the face about well i did this when i was young and i i learned this from this person but right. actually to, to sit down and talk to people like you who i really learned that from. i witnessed that no no you were <laughs> you were el jefe you were the one of the main teachers of that stuff for me like right. um I mean, I think, and, and one thing I was thinking about after we talked and, of course, on the way i of thinking about you and us on the, on the plane ride up here to, to San Francisco today was one thing I, I really loved about you immediately was this combination of Brazilian and rock. Which, right. which I which maybe I didn't. I, I know there are other people who do that right. and have done that, but for me, I hadn't experienced that before. Oh, meeting you and then playing with you guys with Neto, which was kind of same the same
1: vibe, same yeah. vibe. It was yeah. like the strat and the big drums and the right. keyboards. You know, right? You know, the funny thing you mentioned is is, is because it, it is. You know rock is a worldwide influence you know it's like everywhere on the planet and you go you listen to you know to rock music <coughs> but in, in you know for me in the south i, I come from a small town from in the, the south, south of brazil, brazil, yeah, we're south brazil about, yeah. yeah but uh, so we were like really into like eclectic uh, you know progressive rock you know like we love genesis uh, uh we love uh, king crimson yeah um well Love this Van uh, Van der Graaf Generator, which was you know <laughs> was like a big influence, and and um, you know Genesis, of course, I already mentioned. Yes, uh, so uh, Peter Gabriel and so forth, so on. But also, you know, a lot of Brazilian music as well. You know, yeah. So so that was like basically you know a lot zappling and all yeah. this you know all those guys. So so that was part of my influence. And then coming to to America to you know in 1982. Um, Obviously, I brought a lot of that Brazilian, you know, influence with me, you know. But also, I had a chance to really express and develop this other part of my playing, my personality, you know. Yeah. So, and Neto had this sort of the same experience. He already had this band in Brazil called Plateau, you know, way before he came uh, to the States. And he was here way, way before me. And when we met here in California, we kind of like hit it off right. You know. So you, you guys, guys met
0: for the first time in California, yeah, right? You didn't, I didn't know each other
1: from Brazil. No, I did I knew half of him you okay. know, from New York and he played with, you know, Harry Belafonte and yeah. you know, all those great guys and Was he doing Tanya Maria initially?
0: I, I, yeah, I think he did maybe briefly. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. He was like in the scene in New York for, for in the seven you know, okay. late seventies for sure. And and then he moved out here, he was living in Mill Valley, you know, and um, that's when we I reconnected in the eighties with him. And, and then Gary, Gary Brown as yep, well, the bass player. Um, and so, so that was like our originally, the first time we played, it was the Monterey Jazz Festival Whoa. opening night, you know, because the, <laughs> they have like usually have like this Brazilian night, you wow. know, Brazilian opening. And, and I remember, man, it, it was like, this is the three of us playing like, like a rock trio, you, you know? You, Neto, and, yeah, Gary. and Gary. Yeah, wow. and Gary, yeah. And playing all these Brazilian arrangements in sort of like a pretty, you know, not totally rock, but you know, quite a, like a heavy influence. And yeah. so it was, it was great. And from that on, we kind of, you know, became sort of like of a band. You is know? that something that's really accepted
0: in Brazilian culture? Those rock influences, or d- does that really set you apart from kind of the traditionalists, like the bossa nova and the samba and all it that kind of stuff? It's such a different type of
1: styles, you know what I mean? Um, you know, are people it, accepting? Well, no, no. I mean, it's a good, it's a very good question, you because uh, to me, it's always been sort of a little bit of a struggle to, to cross, you know, between the styles because it's like if they look at you and you're a heavy player and you have a heavy style of, you know, the backbeat and the sound and all so forth so on. Um uh you know, you're categorized like oh yeah, you, know, you can't really play this light bossa nova right. stuff cuz that's like requires like some brush work and Yeah, but I've heard you play brushes in bossa nova and right. delicate Ooh. stuff and it sounds right. smoking. But, you know, it took a while for me actually to sink into that because okay. Um, you know when you're younger you, you just want to like oh this is m- you know my style of playing and I want right. to you know uh, be recognized by you know this and and and, and this this type of, of, of sound and mm-hmm. and and as you progress and as you grow as a musician um, your dynamics change and then I mean, you know you become a lot more you know acceptable of other styles sure. and learning want to learn all this stuff so that's when you know as I say okay well if I want to play this style I have to really sh- you know get my my mind and study it and see what is how the people play to get that kind of sound. Yeah. Some of the tuning on the drums are different, yeah. you know and if you get more of, you know, you see a jazz player, it's yeah. like you have like way open tuning, you know, sure. the, 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 the toms are tuned really high, it's got a sound itself yeah. and if you go to like either a pop or more like a rock or fusion the tuning on the drums and the way you approach it is totally different, you know so to have that, there's, there's few players and you, you are right about that. It's like there's not a lot of people that can do both. Right. right. So I um, uh, appreciate you telling me that I can it's do both. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and that was something that, I think that was something that made me
0: feel crossing genres and crossing influences was not a bad thing. That was something that really like made, gave me confidence, like hearing you, hearing Neto, you know, because, right, right. I, I, you know, we would sit around. I remember sitting around with Neto where he's just playing the nylon string guitar and playing some beautiful, you know, Jobim or something. Right, like right, some right. Very traditional style stuff. Right. And then we, we, we would go on stage and he's like slapping on w- the, the wah-wah, you know, <laughs> with <his laughs> the stride, marshals, the it. marshals, the bandana. You exactly, know?
1: exactly, exactly, exactly. That, that was something that I always admired. Yeah. in a musician it's yeah. just like the range wow this guy can take a you know he can pick up an acoustic guitar and play something really sensitive and beautiful and you know and, and, and then he can also rock out rock on out. your Fender or in yeah. a you know, Paradis, you know yeah, guitar exactly. that he has and, and with Marshall sounds and all that so uh, I thought that that was like wow I always like to strive to have that sort of dynamic on yeah. the playing. You know? Flora, I think, started that kind of spark in me. I met
0: her before I met mm-hmm. you guys. I think that was how I met Gary, and Gary was the one who recommended me to play with you guys right, when, right. He was, when he couldn't make that one, one right. gig. Right. And like just talking to her every night in the hotel after Barney's, oh, yeah. you know, like, yeah. she talking about this, and George Duke and Jacob Pastore, right, right, right. you know. Amazingly open thing. Now, I wasn't living in the U.S. then. Right. I hadn't moved here, I didn't understand being a foreigner and moving to the US and having that influence. Do you remember that when you moved from the States? Like,
1: whether how, how much of a change of culture that was um, musically? It's, it's, it's I would say it's a culture shock, not, 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 <laughs> not to say the least. I mean, uh, obviously, if you're coming from, from England, um, it's quite different than coming from a small town from the South of Brazil. Big say. time, yeah. you know, big time. So, so uh, the language and the culture—it it was, you know, it was quite, a, quite, a, quite a shock. Did you find and people I, more open-minded here, uh, or not necessarily? Well, yeah, musically and uh-huh. in, in general, it's just like it's—it's it's a very different. Obviously, culture is very, very different. Yeah. You know, uh, the speed of things and the way things work here and um not only just in music but you know in, in general yeah. and, and the way society um, operates you know um so 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 yeah you you kind of like step up on on <laughs> you got to step up really quickly to to the play yeah. you know otherwise you you know you get left behind you right? get left behind yeah, yeah. and uh, and I had a never really actually had enough, actually finances to go to college or, right. or to go, you know, because it is very expensive. But fortunately, I had uh, some money saved so that I could study privately, you yeah. know. So I did that in New York for a little bit. And then in the late 80s, I studied for three years here with uh, Chuck Brown, which was like one of the guys that was teaching Terry Bozio yeah, and yeah. Dave Garibaldi and Michael Sharif, you know. Sure. And all these cats were coming, you know, from from him. So, um, so yeah, but, you know, the opportunities here and you much. moved west pretty quick did you move to yeah. new york first uh, well i was in new york you never actually you move you just go to a place right <laughs> <laughs> It's was like, you, like well i'm moving to new- now you go there and you check it out and you see the scene and and at that time i was really young and didn't even know what to really do with my life you know but i knew i loved drums i came actually to buy a drum kit because in brazil <laughs> at that time was you know if you buy something You'd have to pay so much taxes that it, it would be cheaper to buy a ticket and come in and bring it in as your own instrument. You know wow. what I mean? So, yeah, so I did the calculation. It's like, well, if why are we going to spend as much money buying an instrument here yeah. if I can actually go to New York and, and buy over there and bring it for the even less price, you know? Wow. So that's what I did. And, you know, it's that's, you, you get a whole new life experience, as you know, and you come in here and yeah. never went back to to England, you know? I mean, to live there. The opportunities here that you had, it's like you probably wouldn't, you know. I know for myself, forget about it. Staying in England was, yeah,
0: that would never have worked out, I don't think, the way. I mean, I'm pretty motivated, but I think America gave me the kick in the ass that I needed to thrive on, um, for sure. And it's also, I find, you know, like we, we were just talking right now before we started recording, like I didn't know this about you. You're doing a lot of video now. Right. I'm doing a lot of it. It's like you're not a drummer. I'm not a bass player anymore. Like I I think I used to be just a bass player. Maybe you used to be
1: just as right. a drama. Right. right, right, right. Yeah, I think it's just like a natural development yeah. of, of of a musician, you know, this you are a producer now. Yeah. You know, you produce Was it things. curiosity for you? You know? Or was it necessity or It was was both. Okay. You know but mainly it was like, okay, uh, I used to look at film and footage, and I always loved the uh, warmth of film and yeah. you know and but it was way, way expensive, you know <laughs> it's like you could you couldn't possibly think about it, yeah. You know, got a 35 millimeter camera and, and start shooting and, and, and developing that around the world, around, you know. <laughs> um, and then I saw these DSLR the developments. You know, the cams, and yeah. and I look at some of the footage. I'm like, wow, this looks beautiful, man. Yeah. This is like you could. Know, so then I, you know, I bought one and and start doing little shoots here you and know, there. And all of a sudden, it's like. Start getting to Final Cut Pro, and then I saw you, you know, doing your your video classes, yeah. you know, online, uh, and and they look really great. And remember, we used to talk about yeah, lighting, about yeah, 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 You know, and then you know, it was a it was a parallel thing. Is it's it's, it's kind of like a hobby, yeah. You know, that's becoming actually lucrative in yeah. a way, you know, because people are calling me to do some some work, and I'm getting paid for it. You for know? Sure. So um, yeah, I and mean, the, uh, th- the same thing with the audio and. I was going to say and, the
0: engi- the engineering and, 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 thing came. Was that the first before, thing? Before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Engineering and production and having Moondog and the studio and all that right, stuff. Yeah. Right,
1: right. Well, you know, it, it was funny because I think the engineer thing came also when the first time I saw a friend of mine working with the, S, the Mac SE, Oh yeah! Remember <laughs> the on oh, yeah. uh, uh, system seven? Yes. This little black thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I look at it, and he had all this medium. studio vision. Yeah, vision, oh, not, uh, no, not, not, not no studio vision. vision. Oh no, yeah. Upcode, right? In, in the nineties, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, exactly. And 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 I saw that, and I was mesmerized. With it, like, oh my god, I can't believe that you can actually do that. You right. know, like you you play some pads or some drum machine, and yeah. you play in there, and then it plays back. So. For me, that's when I kind of like start really inter- getting interested in it. You yeah. know? And and then, uh, you know, with the studio was a normal development. I was always technological inclined, you yeah. know, um, learning um, uh, te- technology. And then, you know, what really got me more into it was a uh, unfortunate bike accident that I had in my back. I was riding a bicycle and I f- uh, ruptured my L5 disc, you know, for yeah. f- really bad. And so I thought I couldn't play it anymore, and you know, which is took me about three or four years out of my life. You know, so in this m- this period of time, I really dove into engineering right. and producing, and, and and then having studios and, and, and stuff. And you know, I still do it to today. You yeah. Know, which is a big part of my income. You yeah. know Because cer- certain gigs, I just don't want to do it anymore. Sure. You know, so I have an option to keep to going. To say no. Yeah. To, to those say things. no. Yeah. 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 And as you get older too, you know your body changes, and you want different things, you know. So, anyways, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, video and audio part of my life. And I know that you do that too. You know, you're a producer and, and, and produce your own records. Yeah.
0: I mean, if, to me, the mixing console was just another extension of the instrument. It's another instrument. You know, that, is you, it ha- it is. that you have to know, uh, know if you want to be serious about producing music exactly. and creating music. Exactly. Um, the Bay Area versus Los Angeles. Did you
1: ever think about LA, or did you go to LA? Uh, yeah. Well, the in the late '80s, I, t- I had a uh, I was fortunate to work with Flora Perina and to right. and, and record a few albums with them and tour the world and Brazil and all that. And after that tour was over, I have I've considered. Uh uh-huh. You know. Were they still in Santa Barbara? At they the were. Time? St- they were in Santa Barbara okay. at that time and i said well so what's next you know yeah. so like am i staying in the bay area and but i was married at that time and things just it didn't work out i mean right. i stayed in the bay area and um that's when i've been here since you know but i know la is a whole different reality you know every time i go down there it's like it's a whole different <laughs> world you know <laughs> uh, it seems to be a lot more opportunities in a way i don't know i
0: don't work there ever oh, really yeah that's that's how come i can tolerate living there i think is because I don't have to work there, like, and deal with the day-to-day, like, commute and the traffic and the parking and the. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah,
1: that's that's nuts. Yeah,
0: you know what I mean. So I think that's how I stay peaceful: is by not actually getting involved in the scene. I just do all my work on the road, right? And everything else I can work from home from the home studio, which is kind of nice, right? And we're sitting here in your home studio, right. Awesome, man! It's like a really
1: Oh well, nice, It's a lot of just Cozy you know, space. Finally got the HD system. Yep. You know the older one, and, and but um, Dude, you know, I remember these. Yeah. From Moondog. Oh my God! Yeah. Right. I, uh, I Actually, I got a pair of Millennia uh, H3 that's not here yet, but uh, okay. Yeah, those, those are those are. And uh, the Mackie Digital Eight Bus. Oh remember? my God! <laughs> I paid so much money for that, and at I the remember end, it. And then. at the end, <laughs> you, could, you couldn't give it away, you know. <laughs> No, that's how it goes. That's why one of the things I stopped upgrading, man. I stopped yep. stop chasing, you know, the whole, it's a black hole. And, and yeah. I think that it's like if you got a system that works for you, you should just keep it and use it to the max. That's you know?
0: always people's question is what is the best? What should I do? How should I do it? And so many times the answer is what do you have? Right. You have this? that's the best thing for you exactly,
1: exactly. you know you know and to add to that i just read an interview it was done a few years ago about uh, the, the the top engineers in the world they got it all together about four or five of these guys uh-huh. and they went like to the london bruce swedins yeah, and those yeah, kind all of these guys cats, yeah, yeah they, i mean i'm talking about top top cats um they went to london and i think it was either abbey road or some you know some really good yeah, Lindhurst sp- or, yeah, or something yeah some some studio out there and they had all these n- new converters, including <laughs> yeah. the you know the Avid and, and yeah. you know Prism Audio yeah. and, and uh, Aurora's and yeah. C- Lynxes and, and all that, <laughs> and they AB them stuff, you know, like same signal going into you know coming, split it to the SSL board, yeah. they were, you know and they recorded and they a- you know did a blind test. So at the end, uh, they were like their discussion was like. Well, um, you know, for the very accurate and trained ears, you could probably detect like a 0.5 dB increase on the 10k frequency on this one. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, I'm like, if you can't fucking hear yeah. that, <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like, you yeah. know, who else is going to hear? And who else can hear it once it's gone through iTunes? Right, and and exactly. it's compressed to 192. <laughs> exactly. You know? So I was all aware, like, oh man, my conversion, I'm great enough. And, I mean, I can. I mean, I can. I, I can. I can hear the difference, obviously, from you know, really low end, and, and a more of a high end yeah. uh, uh, converters and, and all that. But when we, I think, when you got to the, the high, very, very high yeah. end, there the, t- the difference is very, is so very the minimal. the difference between
0: like a couple of grand and ten thousand dollars is very minimal.
1: Right. Yeah. It's it, it's like okay, if you want to, ha- you want to have a really a good sound, you're going to spend whatever. Twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. Now, if you want to go have like a incredible sound, you're yeah. going to spend two hundred thousand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's. I think it's that I don't kind know of the difference. Yeah, yeah. Basically. It's kinda, that kind of difference, and it's mostly engineering. You know, good microphones, good preamps, and, and your ears. You know, that's always the investment for me is on the mic preamps and yeah. and, and, and and the microphones. Yeah, that's something you know? that's severely lacking in my situation. I'm like uh, looking at different mics and right. You know, right. You know, so, so that's that's my take on. Obviously, the converters are great. Also, the 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 talk about the you know mixing in the box or or summing out. Yeah. I. What do you I, do? Both. You know, I do both. I mean, I don't have a summing amp here. But I did work with uh, with a Neve, 60 Neve the channel semi-amp. yeah, the summing Amps, and nice. then going to uh, hardware, um, you know, with a Mag, two Mag EQs, just yeah. to get some um, kind of like air uh, into the mix, and then and then going to a hardware SSL compressor, you yeah. know. Uh, I, I do know I did notice the difference. I mean, yeah. the, the the depth and the warmth and you know the imaging. It was a little better than just going inside of the box. Inside of the box. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that's my take on it. If you have a chance to sum it out in an SSL, great. If not, I mean, it's the you music. D- that, y- you know?
0: And you do a lot of live stuff as well. We were just talking about, you were just working with Mike Stern, R- with R- Dave Weckl, with exactly. the guys.
1: and and Mike Walden. Yeah, man. yeah, right. Of course, of yeah. course. And, and Ayrton and. Yeah, well, yeah it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah. You do
0: a lot of, a lot of live stuff. And with the live stuff, is it a massive difference for you, the concept?
1: Yeah, well, you're in the studio, you're in a control environment, uh-huh. so you can make decisions at your own time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. Right? go. Like, well, something went wrong, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, Now i will got to fix this. And, you know, uh, <laughs> this doesn't sound right. Uh, hang on, guys, you yeah. know. Like, can you just yeah. Live is, you have to be in reaction reaction right like talk like, to me about festival mode well festival <laughs> mode is even worse <laughs> it all depends on your setup too you know of course but um i'm if talking like aieto and flora
0: european summer festivals console you've never used before yeah
1: that's uh, a familiar finery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well first of all you hope that the fader that you put up is the instrument coming into that fader, right? That, you know, I had, you know, I, I, I mix it in places where, you know, you, 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 put the bass fader up and the saxophone comes in, you know? And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and you don't have time to tell anybody that right. that's, that's what's happening. So it's like, and you're in like the Czech Republic and they don't speak English. Yeah. And oh, voltage is 240 and I already blew up the bass amp and already smoked it in the soundcheck, you know? <laughs> which has happened before oh yeah yeah you know? so y- yeah you have to y- you know you have to go with the flow at that point you know but when there is a vocalist my main concern is oh it's getting the vocal on top of the band so if i have that vocal mic working i can work everything around it right you know even if you know if not the best on the drum sound or the bass or whatnot but if i can hear the vocals on top of the band and you know that's like that's major for me so usually that's my first concern. Somebody's gonna sing. I gotta have to ring the mic out on the PA immediately before <laughs> I walked in. Yeah. Sometimes the festivals they you know you can't do that as right. you mentioned. So you know just hopefully you're not first up and right. somebody else has gone through the trials. <laughs> right. Well, with digital consoles now you can actually you know do much more. You yeah. know. But the, the drawback is like you have to learn all of them. You know. Yeah. I mean they all do the same thing in different ways. Yeah. And and that's why when I kind of got out of live sound for a few years after the Ayrto mm-hmm. that's when the digital revolution came in okay so everybody was using digital and I'm like oh man i mean i, I you know i don't have my my brains to learn every <laughs> board out there you know now they have ipad apps which you know if you don't know the console you can actually just log in with your ipad and in, in the the apps is are more intuitive than in the iPad, so you don't have so wow. many menus to go through to get to something, you know. Wow. So you could actually easily do a mix, which i have d- done in this in this turn. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. And also you marble because sometimes most of the clubs, the position of the mixing from a house board is not it's the optimal. Worst. Yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <coughs> I don't want to mention what club, but um, th- we just did this uh, here in, in the Bay Area, and uh, the mixing console was. To get to the mixing call, so you have to jump over the bar. <laughs> <laughs> can, you grab, can you grab like a Cosmo on the way by? You oh, no, no. <laughs> You know, and, 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 and you have a little stab stool in front of the bar. <laughs> it's at the end, of course, you don't have to stop on. I know, you don't want to go over the, you know, the, yeah. the beer, the kags, you know, <laughs> beer dispensers and stuff like that. But, I know, I'm like, wait a minute. You know that that goes beyond my understand my, my concept of of understanding how people get to build these things. Yeah, and right. I'm like <laughs> he, they could have just put a little door. Yeah. You know, a little you know like a bar door, yeah. like of like you know can lift up the table and you can walk in there exactly. and and get to it. But but no, no, oh, you have to go all the way to the end of the club where the bar is yeah. and walk behind yeah. everybody in the bar to get to the console. Or you have to jump Sorry. it, which is like it's beautiful, right? Like everybody's, you know, in the club, you know, yeah. dressed up yeah. and watching, and, and you're know, like and, and you're like, you know, walking over the bar because it needs to get to the console. So, uh, my immediate thing was just, you know, log in with my iPad and walk around and forget the console, you know. So and that you, you remotely? Yes. Wow. Yeah, and had, Wi-Fi or something. Yeah, Wi-Fi. I just I'll always make sure that they have a router, you know, hooked up to the system, <sighs> you know, and I walked in. That's hip. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and then I'm not, I'm not, you know responded to yeah. to the location of yeah. the console, you know. Um, some other places they they have very great, great uh, setups where yeah. you can you know, it's beautiful beautiful sound and all that. So those, you know. But yeah, that's that's live sound and how it's much a whole you different qu- how much are you playing live? You still You know, I still do some gigs here and there. Um, b- but again, you know the club work, you know, it's not yeah. my my favorite, especially, if, you know, they don't pay much. Playing Brazilian know?
0: music with American yeah.
1: American scene. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I try to avoid that. So I'm more like in, in production and recording. We're just recording a new Neto album. Oh, you cool. Know, we just got out of the studio and that. So yeah, play there. I have, you know, a few gigs here and there, you know, nice. and... and, and um, but it's a nice balance, it sounds it like. It is, it is, it is. I like to, you know, to balance it out. Yeah. Because as you said, you know, if you want to really want to, m- m- you know, be working, you have to be traveling. Multif- yeah, 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 right. You have to be traveling these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. That's where the money is. Yeah. It's not on the local gigs. Local gigs will be sessions, right? Yeah. No and more I- sessions. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> I did one movie date this year. Oh.
0: And I live in LA, like the capital of movie dates. So I did one wow. date, you know. Mm. Not that I go after that, of course, but it's like yeah. that just, you know, there are like two or three guys who do all of them. Amazing bass
1: players, but that's right. like two or three guys. Right. Pretty right. amazing how to But what, what you've been doing, you've been doing Stern too, and, and, and yeah. you've been doing. Um, traveling
0: with Stern. Uh-huh. Uh huh. With Randy Brecker's band for right. a few years there with the electric band, that was fun. Uh huh.
1: With Rodney Holmes, and yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, right. What's coming on the horizon now?
0: Oh my God. Well, um, (laughs) 80 or 90 solo concerts in 2017. I'm playing completely solo now with pedals and the looper and all that kind of
1: stuff, which is a lot of fun. That's the way to go. And very low overhead. That's right. (laughs) And you can complain about uh, getting along with anybody in the band, right? I have my own downward spiraling psychosis to deal with. That's it.
0: Right. right. (laughs) Me me in the mini bar. That's my right. favorite band member, man. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of that. A lot of video stuff. The vlog, you know, now every day with the with this video, which of course right. you're gonna be into. Oh great. I'm so yeah, so happy to be here. Be and,
1: and and um I know you're doing a lot of the online bass stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. So how's that going? Oh,
0: it's awesome, man. Yeah. It's a lot of fun and I get to meet and talk to and connect with a lot of people and you know. Uh, they they will hopefully all be listening to this interview. Uh-huh. That's why I do this. It's right. like supplementary material of a of a rea- based in reality, you know, not theory. That, that's right. And that's the one thing I think you can't buy. All the things you've talked about, they they're all based in experience. Right. The festival console that's what where learn. the saxophone comes out of the bass channel. Yeah, you know, This is you can't learn that at Berkeley well, College of Music. Okay, <laughs> so
1: then I'm gonna have to to put this the little story here. Tell me this because like, you're talking about the real deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And that's how I got into actually doing sound for Ayerto okay. and Flora, and they never let me go for five years because <laughs> of that gig. <laughs> so this is how it, how I come. I'm never ever done a live gig before sound. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm doing mostly studio work, and then so my name got dropped in for a concert in Recife, in Brazil. Okay, so Ayerto called me Ayerto and Flora, and say, hey, well, I've heard it, you know. You know, you're doing now this. Now, you this work. This is and you've worked After day. I worked with them as, as a drummer, as a drummer yeah. you know, for years, <laughs> for you. I'm doing the studio <laughs> thing. And I called me up, and they said, yeah, man, I heard that you're know you, you know, doing the studio thing. And you want to you know come up to uh, Brazil with us? i feel like, wow, sure. You know, yeah. like well, my hometown. I can go visit my, my family, yeah. you know, like in the south. But but yeah. this concert was in Recife, you know, in the Northeast. And it paid pretty good for one gig. Every expenses all paid. I'm like, wow. I'm going. Yeah. I've never done this before, but I'm going. <laughs> the best way to learn, That's right? That's right. Nobody knew it. You know? Now <laughs> everybody knows it because it's, it's out in the open in the public. But this is how it happens. It's like Steve Jobs says, you know, it's got get the job. And then you learn how to do it Absolutely. afterwards. Get the, job, yes. get the job. Get the job. And if you apply yourself and you know what you need to do, uh, you will learn, yeah. and you hopefully will do a good one, and they will call you back. You yeah. know? So don't let opportunity fly by just because you think you can't do right, it. Exactly. Uh, obviously, you know you you have to feel you know confident that you have yeah. the skills. Don't commit
0: least. to flying a jetliner with four hundred passengers on it. <laughs> That's
1: a little different. Then mixing a, concert, a live concert <laughs> after you're working in the studio for a few years, you know. Uh, it's almost like, like flying a little Cessna and then and then, right. then going to a big plane. Exactly, I mean, yeah. it's different, but it's same the, concept, sense, the same yeah. concept, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, so we, we got there and the first thing I heard is like, this is the worst sounding theater <laughs> in... Just uh, an ac- as an acoustic as room. As an acoustic room. Yeah. Every, it's like, it's, you know, you're... In for some, you know, yeah, for some trouble. So, he, and, and which I, I, I detected right, away. you know, right away. It was like, whoa, man, this is going to be crazy. So, I'm doing this soundtrack, and I'm looking at this PA, and it was like was kind of a horrible PA, you know. <laughs> it was like a battery of tweeters. Remember Tweeters? <laughs> yeah. uh, so they this it's homemade with strapped w- together. W- strapped together and the cables on <laughs> the back were like tied up together, you know, the power the the, the cable that go to the twisted, stick yeah. twisted together. Yeah. And I'm just looking at this and I'm like, okay. Um so so they, they started the check. and I, I started making so at the time I, I mean I thought like you coming from the United States, you call like System engineer, right? System engineer is <laughs> the guy that goes there and tune up the system, right? <laughs> you know? It's the guy that either owns the company or yeah. rents out, and he puts the PA up, and he does tunes the tunes, the room. He, he tunes yeah. the room, tunes the system to yeah. the room. Well, I mean, obviously, that concept is, you know, foreign over yeah. there, you know? Um, nowadays, it's a whole different story because it developed so much, you know, um, there's great sounds in Brazil. But at yeah. that time, it was like 19, you know, early 90s, I yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> So I, I I I did the sound check, and I thought to myself, they're gonna fucking kill me. <laughs> they're gonna kill me, because <laughs> this thing is sounding so horrible, and I do, I have I did everything I could <laughs> to make it sound decent, and it sounds like shit. <laughs> It was bright and it was, it was horrible. I was in Yannick, and I was like, I'm in deep shit, man. Seriously. So, and I'm like, you know, and then so, so the, 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 they finish the soundcheck and they walk up, and I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? What's wrong? And, I, and then something came into my mind. I'm like, crossovers. You know, I gotta check the crossovers. Mm-hmm. So I went to the the the, the, tech, the other guy that was there. I was just like, Where are, where are your crossovers? And I was like, Oh, they're all over here. So I've go, got to show me. And I mean, <laughs> look at the crossover. It was an alien curve. <laughs> it was the high end, it was to 10. And the mid range was to 10. And the bass was to 10. And then, and then I'm like, And they're cutting all in those you know, weird frequencies. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> we need to reset this. And it was like 10 minutes before the show. Whoa. Which means all my equalizations yeah, that yeah. I did to, to, to the sound check. was yeah. So I kind of reset. Like uh, whatever channels that I had uh, set the cues on the board, I went individually and I put maybe like 5 dBs or 3 dBs less on each frequency that I had pushed mm-hmm. or, 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 or I have taken out yeah. because it was so bright, you know. And I went and I flattened out the uh, all the crossovers right. got an F- SM58 on my you know uh, and I plug it in and I talk this is before the people coming in like yeah. like you know kind of like they're already in the theater I'm yeah. like the sound checking check, and stuff. One, check, one two, check and 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 the guy and oh, the, and, oh, the guy, oh, and the engineer there was just like, man, you're fucking crazy, man, you can't do that, <laughs> you know. It's like, you, I mean, you, why you crazy? And that's just like, it's like shut the fuck up, you know. And, and uh, not not like that, of yeah. course. But I thought about it, and I said like, let's set this whole, that's zero all all this shit. So, anyways, sounding great. Okay. All right. I mean, great for. Yeah. For what it was. Pacific. So, 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 so I, I was like, okay, nobody, you know, throw me rocks or, or, you know, beat me <laughs> up before, before the concert was over. So the next day, there's an article on the paper, you know, they're talking about, well, wow, you know, Florida and I are too. amazing, you know, artists and, you know, beautiful, you know, good performance and, 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 and to us, we're, all other brazilian artists fail sonically this is what's heaven to our ears <laughs> wow so i read that and i'm like okay, okay i think I got the gig. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so that that's my story and i wow. was like cause they actually who is going to mention sound on uh, in a review yeah. you know uh, they're he, never, he, never see mentioned newspaper yeah. yeah you know you can you know you never really mention that Yeah. You know? So wow. So, anyways, that's my little story for you. And then yeah. sits down, and I, and I stay like four years with them. With them. Yeah. yeah. No wonder they didn't let you go, man. Yeah, it was it was funny, man. Yeah. So I learned, you know, learned a lot on on that the process. And then I got out of it for many years because it was my drumming was hurting, you know, yeah. with, because of of, uh, of that. You yeah. know, Because of, I wasn't, you know, playing so much. And I said, well, I got to go back to playing, and then. And then I got back in and then and, and then we did you know kept doing the NATO thing yeah. and then I did the Steve Winwood uh, tour in yeah. 2005 and and so, so I came back to came my back. drumming career yeah. you know and then the loop Loft, the uh, you hook yeah, me Up yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah with, that was uh, fun man. with <laughs> Ryan So yeah yeah it was uh, It's it's been quite of a journey you know. Yeah.
0: That's awesome, man! Yeah. And what a great story. to <laughs> That's like that's so good. It is true. I don't tell that
1: to too to many people, you know. Well, but uh, now, yeah, now, now it's all open. Man. Tens of thousands of people are gonna hear. That. <laughs> <laughs> dude, all right, man. Thank you, dude. Thank you. So great to see. It you. was great to see you too, man. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm Yannick Guzdala. You've been listening to the Yannick Gwizdala podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to check out the YouTube channel as well. My channel Yannick Gwizdala at YouTube and you can check out the new daily vlog and follow everything that's going on day to day.